0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Jong and welcome to True The Noise Podcast. The Goldilocks rally continues. Stock markets were up again this week as we kick off the earnings season. Naturally, it begs the question. Is there any signs of overheating in the markets, or at least in some parts of it? And if yes, what can investors do to their portfolio to better position going forward? To discuss this and more, I have with me today, investment strategist, Michelle Khan. Welcome, Michelle. Let's dive right into the question I asked at the start of the podcast. Are we seeing any overheating in the markets?
0: Well, thanks, John. So um, there are three leaders of the global equity markets rally in the recent months. So the first one is U.S. technology complex, second one, Japan market and thirdly, India market. So these all of these segments are showing signs of overheating. Investors positioning in the U.S. tech complex, which also includes different AI related stocks and also the Indian equity markets are particularly stretched. So while momentum could still lift these markets higher in the next few weeks, this raises the risk of a potential one to three month consolidation. So what implications that we can draw from here is that most importantly is to rebalance our allocation, given our broadly balanced asset allocation stance across major asset classes. The rebalancing would involve locking in some of the recent gains in the equity markets leaders, and then allocating to developed markets government bonds and also Asia-US dollar bonds, where the risk-reward balance is more attractive because the US and the euro area policy rates are close to peaking. And let's look at um, the Asia-X-Japan market. This would also involve rebalancing to the laggers and inexpensive markets such as China, which will give us exposure to both growth and deep value markets.
1: I also spoke about the earnings season at the start of the podcast. How is that coming along? Headlines around that seems to be mostly positive.
0: Right. So the expectation so far for the second quarter of the, um, this year uh, for U.S. earnings is relatively low. Investors are now expecting around 8.2% year-on-year contraction this quarter, which is down from a negative 6.4% a week ago. As of the close of this Tuesday, we're seeing around 80% of the companies that has been reporting a beating expectations earnings. So we're expecting earnings to recover over the next two quarters. So um, in the third quarter of this year, 1% 1% growth, and then going forward into the fourth quarter of this year, a significant 9.1% growth. So among the largest caps reported so far, they're mostly in the financial sector. We're seeing around a quarter of financial institutions that has been reporting their second quarter earnings. Results has been quite positive, with around 11.4% of earnings surprise. And two of our overweight sectors are also among the leaders in earnings surprise, which is communication services sector and also the technology sector. They're delivering around 14.3% and 10.5% of earnings surprise, respectively. So now, we believe the comments and guidance made at the result announcement is giving out an important indication on the state of the economy and also earnings going forward. So, for example, in the financial sectors, there have been encouraging signs of capital market activity, which is likely an indication of a strong economic activity growth. And moreover, consumers continue to surprise on the upside. Whereas on the negative side, credit card net charge off rates has been climbing, although slightly, but normalizing to historical level. So banks are boosting loan loss provisions tied to commercial property loans driven by offices. So overall, we see losses are still quite small and it's likely to take more time to play out.
1: Okay, enough about equities. Let's give some love to fixed income and currencies. We we have the BAJ, BOJ meeting next week. What is our latest outlook on the Japanese government bonds and also the JPY, the, the yen ahead of uh, the, the meeting?
0: Sure. So um, we see that the BOJ Governor Ueda is giving out his comments earlier this week, where he strongly hinted that the central bank is unlikely to change or scrap its sealed curve control policy in the coming um, meeting. But that being said, we continue to expect an eventual tightening of the BOJ policy in the coming 12th month, especially given the latest upside surprise in Japan's inflation. So therefore, um, the updated inflation projections is likely to to be key to the market expectations of the timing of the policy shift. So taking a look at the 6-12 to month horizon, we do not expect a sharp jump in the Japan um, government bond yields because the BOJ is not expected to hike their rates materially over the next few years. And hence, on a broader market's perspective, the impact on the overall developed market government bond index is likely to be minimal because of the low weighting of JGBs, which only takes up around 20% of the whole index. And that's why we could continue to use the current attractive yields to rotate into asset classes. So given our view of a modest rebound in the dollar, as well as a potential for a minor market disappointment if the BOJ keeps its policy unchanged, we're now seeing a near-term upside risk for the dollar yen. This pair is likely to edge higher towards 142.35 resistant area over the next few weeks, with around 137.25 likely to act as a strong support.
1: Can't forget the other C in FICC commodities, specifically oil. Oil has had a a strong showing in recent weeks. What are the drivers and are we still bearish on the crude oil?
0: Right, so the WTI oil prices did surge um, going into July. It has broken out the side weight range of around 67 to $73 per barrel, which has been already in place for over two months. And now it's further a hiking um, into the 12-week high of around 76.89 per barrel on the 13th of July. So for now, we're seeing a few potential drivers. The first one is on the supply side, where on the 3rd of July, Saudi Arabia extended its 1 million barrel per day voluntary cut into August, which was originally committed only for July, while Russia also deepened its voluntary cut to 1 million barrel per day in August. And adding up to the first point, the agreement reached during June's OPEC Plus meeting to increase data transparency have been starting to show progress since the 14th of July, where the OPEC published the Russia crude oil output based on third-party estimates. So Russia's June production was 488,000 barrels per day lower, somewhat in line with the committed 500,000 barrels per day voluntary cut dispelling doubts over Russia's compliance with its promised cut. This is largely dampening the overall global oil supply. And last point is that the IEA's weekly inventory data show that the decline in the U.S. crude stockpiles. So overall, we're seeing demand factors drove bulk of the price actions in the oil market so far, but supply factors are also increasingly dominating the whole oil market sentiment. While that increases the upside risk to oil prices, we're still expecting the WTI oil to trend lower towards around $65 per barrel on weaker oil demand as the global economy slows in the coming 12 months. And apart from that, just as not a side note that we remain underweight on the U.S. energy sector's equity to be in line with our 12-month view of the oil prices. And overall, um, earnings momentum of the sector has been poor year-to-date and is likely to remain so if oil price further weakens.
1: That's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for bringing us through the question, Michelle. I guess a key takeaway from this week through the Noise podcast is to really rebalance your allocation. And the rebalancing would involve locking in some of the recent gains in the equity market leaders, and allocating to developed markets, government bonds, Asian dollar bonds, and some of the equity markets laggards, especially in, in Asia and like Japan, such as China. If you'd like to do so, right, please reach out to your relationship managers and investment advisors. I hope you have enjoyed the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Enjoy the weekend ahead. Cheers. <music>